0: Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten. Hello again. Well, as I record this, we're in another lockdown. Not exactly tied to the house, but uh, restricted on where we can go, what we can do, or how often we can go out. It's been a relief, really, because I've finished the bulk of the work I want to do outside, so there's nothing really to do in the garden. Anything's outstanding now, we'll have to wait till after the winter. I've got jobs to do in the spring, but I've got nothing planned to do now. So I turned to do a bit of reading. Yes, how standards have fallen, since so I used to read more regularly. I started off, I, I get unsolicited bits of news come through on my phone on the Google headlines and I started reading some of those and I thought I wish they hadn't have done this they started talking about somebody that was relating episodes from his past telling humorous stories about what had happened to him and they referred to them as antidotes now an antidote is something you take to relieve the effects of a to- toxic substance when you relate a story from your life it is an anecdote not an antidote so i just dismissed that and i thought i'll carry on i found another article that was about a camera that had been found and it said it had been lost for nearly a decade but they'd found photographs on it and were able to print them off the more I read the more I realized they were talking about something that had been around since the 1920s that's a century not a decade is 10 cent is 100 then I read on and I got they were advertising a program on the television about fibs in history and it was talking about scandals relating to George VI and I thought, George VI? What scandals were he related to? Anyway, I read on and it was talking about incidents in the Regency period. That was George IV. George IV, not George VI, how they'd put it in there. Oh well, can't get worse, can it? And then it did. Now the original play was called The Madness of King George III, but when it came out as a film, it was entitled... The Madness of King George I thought this was just the way it had been done but apparently it was being done to help the people in America because when they heard about The Madness of King George III they started looking for the original two films of The Madness of George I and The Madness of George II oh well Carry on, see what else we come up with. We came up with the idea that Radio 1 this year are not going to play the Pogues record with Kirsty McColl of the fairy tale of New York. They've decided they won't play it in full, they're going to edit certain words out because they think the youngsters will be offended by the words used in the lyrics. (sighs) Now, where we live, our garden backs down to a narrow public footpath, the other side of which is one of these new plastic top football pitches. Now, originally it was a school playing field, and we used to get all the school children there. Now it's this fenced-off area with a football pitch that's rented out to different people by the hour. It's still surrounded by the school playing field, so we get both out there. And I can assure you that the youngsters are not offended by coarse words or coarse language. In fact, of an evening or of a school break time, it is shouted full voice across the length of the pitches. Foul and abusive language is there every day and every night being yelled to each other across the pitch. It makes it difficult to sit out on a summer's night like we used to. Since they've built this pitch, we're just surrounded by foul language, nastiness being shouted across, which is one advantage of this year. During the breaks, during the lockdowns that we had from March till July and the one that we're in now, these pitches aren't used. The silence is Unbelievable. It is brilliant. One thing I did come across though as I carried on reading was that Oriva Station is to be rebuilt. As I've mentioned in the past I grew up next door to Oriva Station but they decided in the 1960s under Dr. Beeching to close it. But apparently because of the National Memorial Arboretum that is now at Oreos, they think it might be good to reopen the line from Burton-on-Trent to Lichfield, to make it possible to travel and go by train to the Arboretum which is only about two or 300 yards up the Croxall Road from where the Oreos station used to be I've no doubt it won't be rebuilt in the old way like the uh, Victorian style one that used to be there with its sidings and its goods yard and booking office waiting room and all the normal things that you found on an old-fashioned railway station I've no doubt it'll just be a glorified bus stop just a bit of a shelter from the weather still the fact that it's likely to be reopened is, uh, is good news Made me think, though, I started to reflect on different things that had happened when I was there at the old station. Different station masters that used to be there. One of them was very strict. We used to go, as kids, obviously, we used to go and play in the station yard, but this one particular station master, if he found us, he'd, he'd throw us out and give us a telling off. Others were more tolerant. Then we went for a while where there wasn't a station master as such, it was just the porters and the goods checker that ran it, and they played cricket with us, so we got away with that one. But there was one station master, as used to call there, he was actually station master further up the line at a stop called Barton Under Needwood, or Barton and Walton Station, and give it its proper title. Midway between Barton-under-Needwood and Walton-on-Trent. Not far from what used to be the old Barton Turns, where you used to come out of Walton and go across a a crossroads and into Barton-under-Needwood. It's a fancy flyover now. But as I thought about this, I thought, yes, there used to be a station master there, who was a bit of a character. My dad knew him well, obviously my dad working on the railways and he frequently used to come to our house and have a cup of tea or have a natter. But he was a real true raconteur, he could tell the tale. I can picture him now stood against our fireplace, his elbow on the mantelpiece, spouting out these fantastic stories and things he used to do one of his favourite expressions if somebody was frustrated or upset about something he'd he'd hold his trilby hat up and show you the inside and he'd say you see my hat his face was as long as my hat when he realised what had happened but he was a character unto himself i know when he was at oliver's there was a, there was an accident on the line somebody got hurt And uh, he stood there and he says, look, phone for the ambulance, but I'd better go and tell his family there's been a bit of an accident. Just let them know what's happened. It's not over serious, but they ought to know. So he went to one of the porters and he says, can I borrow your moped? Save time, I can get up through the village. Now, I don't think he'd ever driven a moped before. And he picked it up and he says, Right, what do I do to make it go? So they started it up for him, and you know, you pull this lever, you do that, you let the lever out, and away you go. Now, being the sort of character he was, as soon as they told him how to start it and make it go, he went. It wasn't until he'd got as far as the A38. Wasn't as busy in those days and he managed to get across it and up Olivers Main Street. But as he was going up the Main Street he thought I don't know how to stop it, do I? I didn't wait long enough. Anyway, by more by luck than judgment, he threaded his way through the different streets of Oliver's to get where he wanted to go to. Got to the house where this guy lived and just ditched the moped onto the grass verge, just fell off it onto the grass, and left it still running, lying at the side of the road, while he went to the house. But that was the sort of guy he was, impetuous. I went with my dad once to visit him while he was at the station, and he was busy in his office, he was tinkering about and doing bits and pieces, and... uh, He says, I've got to be busy, I've got to tidy up. He says, why? He says, I've got the inspectors coming tomorrow. My dad looked round, he says, oh, you're busy then sorting stuff out? Yes, yes, I've tidied my shelves and tidied the office and I've got the porter doing the the station platform, just make sure it's just top-notch. He says, I don't let it get into bad condition, but I want it top-notch if I'm going to be looked at. So my dad stood there and he looked round and he saw his station master's cap on the shelf. And it was thick with dust. Really, really thick with dust. It looked grey rather than the black it should have been. So my dad says, oh, good God, aren't you going to give that a clean before they come? Oh, he says, yes. Now... I'm not going to clean that hat. They can look at it as it is and then they'll know that I've been a station master a long while. My dad didn't answer that. It's funny how different things make you reflect and go back onto your life. I try to find stuff to talk about that's amusing to people keeps them interested doesn't always work like that but the different things happen I had a bottle of beer the other day me me daughter brought it for me from uh, a place where she works now where they sell there's a bit of a cafe and they sell like a farm shop and they do different things and uh, I poured it out and I was looking at the label and it had got a photo of a. A chap with a couple of shy horses on the label. Little thing on the side telling you who it was and what it was about. And lo and behold it was an old photograph of a chap that I remember coming to Aurewa's show. The photograph was taken in 1959 it said which was the time that I would have, as a youngish lad, I would have seen him coming to Aurewa's show. I was there with my dad for several years, helping to erect it and do jobs there and getting it sorted. And this chap was one that, from the 1950s and early 60s, I remembered coming and talking to him about his horses. And there he was on this bottle of beer. His One of his grandchildren apparently now runs this farm and the shop. And it, Made me reflect and made me think about those things from then. In fact, if you get off the train at Orewa Station when it's rebuilt and walk towards the Memorial Arboretum, on your right-hand side you'll pass the field, more than likely where that photograph was taken, because that was show Showfield in those days. Only about 150 yards from our house, actually. Only had to walk. Only had to walk past the. Uh, the goods yard and the railway station and over the level crossing and there was the farm on the right hand side on the left hand side was what we used to call the old lane in those days and that led down into the the field where the arboretum is now walked it many a times taking our dog a walk as i say we uh, I'm recording this during a lockdown. I know it's been a, a problem to some people. Not being able to get into work. Some unfortunately losing their jobs. Others on reduced pay. It's been a strain. On the other hand, I've not been spending so much money. We've not been going to, the, to Burton every time for the football. We've not been... My lad and me haven't been travelling down to Burton. We haven't been spending money at the gate to get in and out of the ground. It's Perhaps as well, really, the way Burton are doing at the moment. I think we'd be regretting turning out some days. But we've not been doing that. I've not been going out two nights a week for me Pub Quiz League matches, meeting up with friends, that's the worst part about it. I've not been meeting folk and going out, but I've not had the turnout, not had to spend money turning out. Not even been able to go out somewhere like we usually do to a a country house or a country estate and go for walks. It's been mixed blessing, it really has. We've missed a lot of things. It was August before we even managed to get the caravan out this year. Whereas normally we'd start probably the end of March and have several different trips during the year. I hope everybody's coming through it okay and nobody's really suffering at the moment. Just look forward to brighter times ahead when we've got it all under control. It's just one of those things that it makes it difficult to plan ahead to decide what you're going to do and how you're going to do things. Mind you, planning isn't always some people's strong point. The first local authority I worked for had a new depot built. Just a little way out of the town but uh, it served the the place where we, we were from. All custom built, all newly built. But the guy who designed it and planned it didn't think ahead. I must say though, the way he designed the heating system, we had got the warmest air over Litchfield, over that depot. We never had snow and ice on the roof. Because for some reason or other, in the workshops, he'd strapped the radiators to the rafters of the roof. Now... Anybody who has done the slightest bit of physics knows that warm air rises. If you walked in and were standing on the floor area, it was freezing. But as I say, we never had snow on the roof. But we put up with it, we worked in there, we did different jobs. What we hadn't fully realised was... he'd also designed the garaging to fit the vehicles we had at the time we bought a new mechanical road sweeper and it was too tall to fit in the garage we'd got a depot about five years old but we couldn't put the vehicles in because he designed everything to fit the existing and most of the new ones we got were bigger I wouldn't go in. Well it's a good job there was a fair sized yard outside where we could leave stuff but that was really the the basis of that place, I suppose. I've told stories before about some of the drivers and some of the things that happened there. I know we had an engineer in one day because we got a vehicle known as a multi-lift lorry. Uh, So cool because it had got wagon bodies that you could slide on and off so that you could change bodies, you could Leave one like a skip to be filled up, and so on. And the normal driver kept reporting he got problems. He couldn't get the body on, it used to twist. The body's twisting, and I try and put it back on. It's not going along the slides, it's twisting and them I'm having troubles. So we had the engineer in from the makers. He put this wagon body on and off countless times in the yard. He says, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing I can see that's wrong with that. Not a problem with it. Well, the depot manager did no more than shout up the yard. Jack, come down here a minute. Now, he was the usual driver, but he wasn't out anywhere because it was his lorry in the yard and he was waiting for this guy to have a look at it. He said, Jack, come down here. Why, what's up? Just reload this wagon body for this bloke, will you? Yeah, sure, yeah, no problem. The first time he connected up to it, it twisted and wouldn't go on. I couldn't see what he was doing different. The depot manager didn't know what he was doing different. And even the maker's engineer couldn't see. But we got him to do it three times and it twisted every single time. I think the simple answer was to change the driver not to have the vehicle repaired. But that was how things were then. Anyway, I think I've occupied you for long enough today. Thanks for listening. I hope I'm talking about things that keep you interested. I'll try and do something again next week, try and be more light-hearted if I can. I'll uh, I'll have a think of what's happening, or what's happened. Stupid tales. The trouble is I keep talking to you here each week, I'm running out of them at the minute. I want something stupid to happen again. Well, I'll think of something, I've been with enough maniacs in my life, I'll come up with something for you. Any road, ta